There's very few things I can't talk about. If you guess it, I'll be amazed. That Rocket Raccoon Drax sex sequence, though. Wow, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. whoa. Yeah, that's that how wild. he dies. Put that in the, put that in the intro. <laughs> that's the death scene. <laughs> yeah. It's very tragic, but also yeah. touching. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I am Robert Scarbonito, your features editor. Andrew Rotten, editor-in-chief. Rutledge Doggett, site founder. Uh, Andrew Stretch, movie editor. Yeah, he edits every movie. Every single one you've seen, he's touched. If it's in cinemas, I've I've looked at and probably given notes on. No one listens to those notes, but I've given them. (laughs) You're like Carrie Fisher, but for editors. And this is why you shouldn't give movie notes in uh, Twitter replies. Yeah, you should leave those on Facebook. I only uh, have four restraining orders, please. <laughs> Currently. <laughs> going for the five, though. Um, this week, we're going to talk about, hey, Guardians of the Galaxy later today, actually. So stick around for that. We've got some interesting stuff to talk about. We're also going to talk about Echo Generation later, which is a Game Pass game that's coming. But first, let's dive into some news. Spider-Man's going to be in Uncharted. Right. Yeah. Tom Holland is playing Nathan Drake and Marky Mark himself, <laughs> I still can't believe that's real, is playing uh, Sully in the upcoming Uncharted the movie. We saw the trailer this week. The movie's coming out February 18, 2022 and only in theaters. <laughs> only the best movies come out in February. Classic. That's the PlayStation yes. advantage. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come out on a PlayStation console uh, about a year and a half after it's announced. Right. Yeah. So so this is, I think we've all seen the trailer. Curious, does anyone like it? Did, did anyone here uh, enjoy the trailer? I've been known to like Transformers and um, Fast and the Furious, and I'm looking forward to this one. So I don't know if that's a <laughs> damning um, it's comment damning. Or, uh, or a good one. We'll find out. I mean, you, that that sentence said a lot. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it said a lot to many different people. Uh, said a lot yeah. about you. Yeah. yeah, that I'm amused by literally anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm really like, excited for it. That like genre of movie. I'm not even sure that there's like an official name for it, but that like scavenger hunt genre of movie, like Angels and Demons or National Treasure. Um, I've been really enjoying the the Dan Brown's The Golden Circle, um, mm-hmm. which is another like, you know, protagonist finds a clue that then he has some weird esoteric knowledge about history that leads into another clue to another clue. Um, much like how Tomb Raider and how Uncharted works. Um, if I can get more of those movies at like higher budgets, bigger name actors and stuff, I think that's really awesome. I'm glad that they're capitalizing on tom holland's flexibility and his like ability to do spider-man stuff um like he does a cool like pummel horse kind of move in the trailer Uh, i'm glad that they're not just gonna have him uh enter an area that's obviously set up for um pop and shoot combat uh (laughs) spend 30 minutes popping up and shooting with a fantastic auto aim and then disappearing away um wouldn't that be great though yeah that would be pretty that would be film That'd be true art. <laughs> would make me. That would make me think of like Wanted with uh with Angelina Jolie and um uh oh yeah famous Tomb Raider star Angelina that's Jolie. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Bring it all back. Valid. <laughs> all comes full circle. Yeah, uh, I don't I'm know. always I... going to be a little bit disappointed that they are not going to do one with Nathan Fillion, but maybe after they do an Uncharted movie and Uncharted Two. And Uncharted Days of Future Past and Uncharted Origins, mm-hmm. then they can just do a movie called Nathan, um, and it'll just be uh, Nathan Fillion as a as an elderly uh, Nathan Drake. Right. <laughs> he's not elderly. Come on, give him some credit. Yeah. Well, he's un- it'd be Uncharted through... Four, basically. You know, he's all I'm out of the game. I'm done. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, he, I think he I'm needs in. to be. He needs to be <laughs> yeah. the new Sully, and he, like he has exactly. a new Nate. You know. But I don't know. I, I've seen people call this movie like the, the trailer. It looks generic or, it, you know, it just doesn't look like Unch- Uncharted the way I loved it. And 
I, I don't know what people were expecting because the, the whole idea of Uncharted is what if we took a generic action movie and made it a video game, right? And like that was the that made them the big bucks after <laughs> yeah. Uncharted 2. You're basically <laughs> just playing a blockbuster movie. Right. And, and and I don't mean that to disparage Uncharted. I love the series, right? But, you know, we know what it is. So now they're like, what if we took a generic action movie and made it a video game and made that into a movie? you're gonna get a pretty generic action movie out of it you know what i mean like i enjoyed ratchet and clank the movie and that was the same thing Mm -hmm. yeah so i don't know i mean i i think this will be fine i don't uh i don't know if this is gonna be the the blockbuster people are expecting yeah it's a it's an interesting like so this the the one scene that they showed was the cargo plane thing, which is from Uncharted 3, obviously is in there. Mm-hmm. And just like the games, it, they kind of live and die on their set piece moments or like the big moments like that. Like everybody remembers climbing the the train at the beginning of 2 and all this. Like there's all kinds of stuff um, that are really cool. But like uh, movies need different kinds. <laughs> they need a different kind of big moment set piece thing, which I hope they can do. Uh, because I mean that stuff's always fun. But you see, I don't. I don't know. I don't remember that that cargo plane scene from Uncharted Three. I will say that was my favorite stage from a PlayStation All Star Battle Royale. Um, oh, you know, that's where definitely, you know definitely, oh, definitely. Like I was a, getting them mixed up. They're very similar. Key point. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. a it's a little known uh, uh, cameo. That's so the game that reference. they based Smash Bros. off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, because Sora was originally going to come to PlayStation Battle All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> but then Sakurai swooped in was like, I'm going to steal yeah. this contract. Yeah, He kept he kept getting in elevators till the right guy got in. <laughs> it's, no, yeah. it is just Sakurai started his career with someone telling him, you need to have a good elevator pitch. <laughs> and just never yeah, my got God, lost. he's got the best one. <laughs> he yeah, took apparently. It yeah. I mean, hey, it's gotten him this far. It's gotten him 82 fighters in Smash this far, you know? <laughs> I, um, I do wonder, though, like, the idea of, like, making an Uncharted movie or, like, I'm assuming because it's all about franchises nowadays. If you're going to start with three, I mean, you've you've got four and you've got the spinoff. Um, are they going to, like, attempt to, like, retroactively go through or are they, like, hoping to base one in the games and then have it like split off and tell like other adventures. I don't know if they're starting with three. I just think yeah. that was a action moment that they took from. They're definitely starting with Drake and stuff with the the ring and all that stuff that he gets. It seems more of like. an homage, more so than so like the first the game. Plot. Yeah, like yeah. I'm getting it's like it's a it's a greatest hits kind of vibe because you've got the mention of Sam who just doesn't show up until Uncharted Four. Right? Yeah, uh, you've got the revised Sully meets Nate origin story where I guess they meet at a prom at a bar. Uh, so you know they're, they're I think they're taking and pulling a lot of things from all the different yeah. games, but I don't think this is like based on any specific Uncharted. They know they got one right. shot. They're never. They're not getting a sequel, so they're getting it all in. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's Uncharted is going to end with Nathan Drake will return in <laughs> Uncharted Two, Uncharted Infinity War. Yeah, I, I think a lot of movies that come out in February are banking on that. Mm-hmm. But um, then I also wonder: is it is it targeted at the people who play the video games? Or do we think that it's they're going to just like pull all of those large sequences for the people who have never touched the video games that then watch that movie and go like, wow, that was like a fun action film. Oh, there's five video games. I'm going to I'm going to subscribe to PlayStation Plus on my PlayStation 5 and get access to the the Nathan Drake trilogy. Uh, hey, get one free month of PlayStation Plus just for going to the movie. <laughs> Yeah, and hey, Stark, how, how dare it. you? How dare you forget about Golden Abyss? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, can't, can't forget that PlayStation Vita classic. Is that PSP or Vita? I forget. That no, was it's Vita. Vita. Yeah. I've, I've got I my Vita down Vita. here. It probably has there was it one in Vita the in the because I remember tray. being annoyed with the back because I still have my Vita and I literally only use it to play Final Fantasy. Mm. But I remember being very annoyed with the back panel. Uh, 
stuff and I quit playing the Uncharted game after a while. What are, because the, of what are the chances you think we're going to see Tom Holland playing Crash Bandicoot? <laughs> what? I, I honestly I, think high. I do kind of hope. I do kind of hope that Nate and Sully have a bonding scene where they get a burger at a Wahlburgers. I really, <laughs> I just want that scene to happen. Do you think that they're going to call their little group the Funky Bunch? <laughs> <laughs> a Funky Bunch solving yeah. mysteries. Nate and Sully in the treasure. Funky Bunch. Yeah. Oh, man. Sully Tom Sully. Holland is going to produce a laminate card describing the Romeo and Juliet laws of the state. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a an odd choice for for a movie to take in other playstation news dad of son dad of boy is coming to pc via steam boy. yeah god of war 2018 like one of the most beloved games in the past five years for sure won yeah. a lot of game of the year awards including uh, ours including ours indeed it's finally coming to PC, so you can play it with your RGB keyboard and mouse, as God intended, I guess. Mm. <laughs> They've once again given it like the full upscale, like mm -hmm. you know, full HDR, full uh, full widescreen support. Like it's, I'm really happy with uh with Sony's PlayStation offerings and and how much they've yeah. been pushing that. They've definitely been doing Horizon. it right. I think Horizon and probably Days Gone a bit, those were kind of the first two really big ones. Um, I, I'm guessing they saw enough sales to be like, well, shit, should we keep doing this? Um, yeah. And I think God of War is going to blow up. I think it's going to be huge. You know, um, who'd, who'd have thought that if you have a good product and you make it more accessible, you make more money? Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think I no, 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 what we're please, saying. Scrappy, we believe in generations here. Of course. It's like running a gaming <laughs> website and making sure it still works on Internet Explorer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is is Steam the Internet Explorer of video games? Is that what we're uh, is that what we're saying? I'm sure there's Might people on well staff be. who would say that's epic, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're if we're talking ubiquity, then yes. Mm -hmm. Especially like you're when Internet Explorer was the browser. Like, yeah, it was on everything. It's all right. used. Right. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think this is a pretty cool move from Sony just because I, th I think when you're looking at the competition, right, you're looking at Xbox. Xbox is all about like, hey, yeah, we're releasing a game and it's, it's on your phone. Just stream it on your phone. Play it on your PC. You can play it on your Xbox. Like, it's whatever. We want you to play the games. We're going to serve it to you in whatever we we will bring the market to you right yeah and playstation's just like you're gonna have to buy a ps5 if you're lucky and then you can play demon souls maybe you know yeah well That's i mean about it. so sony is basically apple right apple video games they want you to buy into their ecosystem they want you to buy into their console and that's that's what they want i mean they even way this has been going on forever if anybody remembers vhs versus betamax stuff there's uh -huh. a reason vhs won because Sony was a dick. Yeah. Same <laughs> with Blu-ray as well. Honestly, yeah. the only like the reason that Blu-ray continued to to happen, what the original Xboxes um, touted HD DVD playback, mm -hmm. which people just <laughs> forget was even a thing. Oh, yeah. I thought it was because porn adopted Blu-ray. Oh yeah, it's also porn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. that is the driver of much innovation. Yeah, it, it, it's true. Like it's it's you guys crazy like the way how YouTube much that works? influences things. Think about where that technology came from. Oh yeah, <laughs> or don't if if that if you that makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> um, yeah, we get uncomfortable truths, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. but Isn't that I what mean, Al Gore is trying to tell us. I I think that this is a good move to continue to uh, at least if Sony wants to continue to stay I don't want to say stay relevant but continue to grow as a as a publisher they've got to move beyond PS5 especially as um, the supply shortages are going to continue into mm -hmm. 2023 it's going to continue to be very difficult to get PS5s and literally any computer. Um, so it, it makes sense for them to start branching out more and more in the hopes of, of maybe we'll continue to see studios stick with Sony and have large budgets rather than Xbox just scooping up everyone uh, mm -hmm. because their trajectory is huge. You know, they're 
that's kind of the beauty of the Xbox platform, right? Is is I can buy a game on Xbox, but also play it on my PC, or I can stream from my Xbox or from my Xbox to my PC or on my phone or all this stuff. Having your first party titles in multiple places is only going to be a positive thing long term. They've been a they've been heavily hinting Microsoft. They've been heavily hinting again that they're about to start announcing some more acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's kind of like rumor mill side, but then even from Phil Spencer, it's been a oh we're not we're not stopping acquisitions. Like we're we're yeah. still going to be seeing a bunch of those. It's yeah. a smart yeah. play. I mean, they have mm-hmm. PC and xbox firmly the whereas you know sony's got just playstation so if they're able to open themselves up to the same audience that xbox has they're going to be a lot more competitive um and and i mean it's you got to do it at some point it's kind of that circuit city old school you know you've got to change with the times or or you know you're just going to continue to to struggle i mean do they though they're still selling like like even though ps5 shortages it's still selling insanely well and yeah like, i mean i okay. yeah, so you can always like, do better right they are now though like they're they're double dipping there's yeah. a there's a reason these that god of war is three and a half years old and it's coming to pc now you're, you're <laughs> not gonna price. see the new horizon game coming to steam next year Mm-mm. like <laughs> there's a reason these are going to be coming out several years after they've released on pc that's the way for them to get money again. It's like the, they're hoping you're not going to wait that long. And you will buy into their product first, the hardware, and then you're in. I wouldn't. I don't see any first party stuff releasing simultaneously on PC for a long time. If ever. Days Gone really. released in what 2019, and then it came to. P- it came to Steam in 2020, but like also it's Days Gone. Yeah. yeah, it's not God yeah. of War. You know what I mean? Play, true. PlayStation true. very readily marked Days Gone as a air quote failure. Yeah. Um, even though God, we have seen more than enough support from the fan base, from the community, and even like um, from uh, from the developers, like mentioning back out, like thank you so much for all of this outpouring of support. Unfortunately, there will not be a Days Gone too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Otten, that I don't think we're going to see like day one releases on PC just because it's a different market, right? Like Microsoft, you know, I, you know, it's sometimes it's easy to forget like Xbox is part of Microsoft, which is the same company that has Windows, right? Like like mm-hmm. making that connection is is sometimes easy to forget. And we're at the point now where Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, like even in interviews about Microsoft as a whole, he is bringing up Xbox and saying, yeah, Xbox is like a core part of Microsoft strategy now. So I think they're recognizing like the the bigger picture here is that gaming is part of the future, which is why it's so integrated, right, with PC. Yeah. Sony doesn't quite have that larger scale, right? Like, I mean, they, they make a lot of products, a lot of electronics for sure, but they don't have like an OS that millions of people around the world use, right? To like tap into with their PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't I don't foresee like day one releases anytime soon, but we're totally going to get Bloodborne on PC, right, guys? Someday. Yeah, <laughs> that, that PS1 degrade is coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that definitely won't get cease and desisted. I shouldn't have mentioned it. It doesn't <laughs> exist, Sony. I didn't say yeah. anything. Yeah, I just I this is going back to that NVIDIA leak, right? That or the GeForce leak that happened a while ago where we're seeing quite a few of these playstation games that were listed to like be coming to pc are are coming or have come to pc so far right but that leak also said absolutely no bloodborne for sure but that's not stopping the rumor mill how we know it's real (laughs) i guess so but I don't know. It's it's uh, it's an interesting thing to see PlayStation do this. It's nice to see them expand their horizons. They're getting into movies. They're getting into PC. Well, I mean, Sony's been into movies, but also yeah, Sony Pictures been around. Yeah, for sure. Um, in other news here, we've got a story about New World, where I I guess it's getting buggier and buggier, or maybe it's always been buggy, and people are discovering it as they play more. I I can't say I know for sure personally because I've never played it. But we're looking at the story now where I guess, I guess people can become invincible, which seems yeah. 
hey, right, you tell me, does that seem unfair? <laughs> yeah, it's basically like a thing where you put yourself in windowed mode and then like it it makes you invincible, like you can't take damage. And so people were taking advantage of it in the uh, in the Fort Wars and stuff like that, which ties into the previous issue they had where you basically have to, your faction has to do missions to accumulate enough reputation to be able to take over the area. But there was a bug that was basically causing issues where you weren't gaining reputation fast enough or as fast as like the game was supposed to be giving it to you. And so the entire landscape shifted on a lot of servers pretty quickly. Um, you know, and then there was there was another one um where there was an they had an AFK problem. Like the people were figuring out exactly what to do to hide that they were being AFK and bots were a whole nother issue on top of that. Um so it's been kind of a weird launch and, and this was kind of the one that like all right, maybe we'll put, or my friend and I, we put New World away for a bit. You know, we uninstalled it last week and we've moved on to other things for the time being, just until a lot of this stuff kind of gets figured out, um, economy included, you know. Mm. We've seen a couple well, news articles. Had, yeah. People had figured out how to, like, during those, like, clan warfares that could decide who's in charge of the region, people were figuring out how to spam or i'm not quite sure what but they were able to like force disconnect other people mm -hmm. what um, yeah so in in this like competitive <laughs> like some PvP, old school like, stuff yeah this will determine who who claims this area for the next week or however long they were forcing out how to getting into these combat and then getting the entirety of the rest of the the side kicked or like key players on the other side kicked that then just made it an absolute wash. Yeah, it was like an mm. area effect type thing where they were everybody around them, they were able to negatively impact, but they could keep moving while those people were essentially lagging out. Um, and so it was like shifting the tide immensely. Um, interesting. So it's it's been interesting. And then there's all this stuff coming out about the economy where there's not enough money being earned by players to keep up with the amount of money going out. So we've now devolved to the barter system. Um, players are so, trading items for items. So this is just foretelling the near future yes. of yeah. our real, the new world that is our world. Yeah, the Amazon-controlled oh. new world. Yeah, that's pretty good. Wow. Oh, you know, it's, it's, who would have guessed this with the stellar track record of Amazon Game Studios that we <laughs> hey, have these problems? Hey, you're li you're, I know you're being funny, but I still play Crucible every day of my life. <laughs> We uh, had to get him How out of we... the cell for this recording. <laughs> yeah. but he's yeah, with us. It'll be fine. The majority of the majority of the New World players will continue to use the barter system, and then one New World player will get to go to the new space map. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And then when he tries to talk about his experience, the CEO will talk over him <laughs> and not allow him to tell anybody about it. And they're going to call that expansion the Newer World. Yeah. I have one story about Amazon that I think is very says a lot about their approach to games. I mm. went to the Amazon HQ once for PAX. I think you guys have heard the story before, but I went to Amazon HQ for PAX once. Uh, went in there to go see a game called Breakaway. What's that game? Yeah, it never came out. They canceled it. Surprise, oh. surprise. <laughs> But we went in there, and I had to go up. I don't remember where I went. It's like some hallway, literally a hallway. There's just people walking past us where they've set up 10 computers into an outlet. And they <laughs> they have us sitting there playing this game in a hallway in Amazon headquarters. Uh, well, first, they, the power went out because they put plugged way too many computers into one circuit. <laughs> and we Makes took sense. out that floor. And they had to come, call the head maintenance guy to come in and fix it and whatever. And so we're sitting there waiting, and another guy walks by, and he's like, what the hell? What's all this? And he's like, oh, yeah, we're showing these guys a game. And he's like, we make games now? That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I like, oh, okay. Oh, man, uh, compartmentalization. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, that's what happens when capitalism runs rampant, right? Yeah. And you know what would really help with with uh, late stage capitalism hyperinflation and unions space travel <laughs> um 
Actually, yeah, we, there, there's this nice story that's uh, been happening last for the last week or so where Paizo, you know, famous for their tabletop stuff, Pathfinder, you may have heard of it. Um, there are, there's a union now called the United Paizo Workers Union that's under, you know, the company. And this past week, Paizo's officially recognized it as well, which is like a pretty big step considering... I mean, I can't name really any other video game. Un- like, there's no, like, EA Workers Unite or anything. And, I mean, just generally speaking, uh, unions have been having a tough time <laughs> being unions, like, yeah. across the board. Yeah. I mean, this is the union. first ever tabletop one, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. In terms of entertainment, it's really only in the film and TV industry and hasn't bit gotten anywhere else. Games... There's lots of talk about it, and dev, like a lot of people want to do it, uh, but you know the big companies just crush it completely. And then there's so much misinformation out there about unions anyway uh, that it's, it's some people might be wary of it uh, when they shouldn't be, because I don't think they quite understand what benefits you get with it. Right. Um, and it's just nice to see it, considering I know there's maybe someone listening to this right now is having a job thing that sucks or a boss that's being an a-hole about something or pays not that like there's a lot of talk about that right now that people are getting back in the workforce with this supposed labor shortage so seeing something about um unions getting a win in uh in our space is pretty cool hopefully it means something more for people that don't have like a paizo they don't know much about paizo they're as robert said they do pathfinder but in terms of the tabletop world they're one of the big players they're like a they're like a ubisoft kind of comparable thing in terms of tabletop obviously they're not anywhere near as big as <laughs> ubisoft but uh, for the tabletop world yeah, yeah, yeah they're, i mean they're, they're, they're pretty big yeah mm-hmm. like if you've heard of dungeons and dragons paizo is like right behind that yeah almost mm. um like Pathfinder is a pretty common like alternative to D and D, right? But no, I agree yeah, that like it nine is times out of ten. If you're not playing D and D, you're playing Pathfinder, yep. mm-hmm. um, which is cool seeing so much come out of Pathfinder, right? And I agree that it's nice to see a union just get a win, right? Like to actually be recognized by the company and formally so, right, is good. And I think the next steps from here is the union has to choose its representatives, right? Which we, we don't really know if anything specific will come out of it yet. And, you know, who knows how much is happening, you know, like behind closed doors, right? Yeah. But it is reassuring that finally, after talking about, you know, decades now of crunch, mm-hmm. like in the games industry in general, not that I can say for sure whether Paizo's experienced that, right? But just to see a union get a win is yeah. pretty good. Well, they've got a big, uh, this Paizo Union's got a really big um, responsibility in that whatever contract and terms they come up with Paizo is going to be what everybody else refers to if they're trying to get a union. Uh, so I'm I'm in a union for my job, and anytime that we're arguing something, it we all, you're always looking for comparables. So, oh, so this these people got this or whatever with them, and we're in a very similar situation. So... Um, they're going to be setting big precedents that are going to have big effects. So hopefully they can um, get some good stuff in there for people to work from. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, that I think wraps up the news for this week. So let's dive into the games that we've been playing for the past week. And let's just get in right into the big one. Otten, tell us about tell us about Star-Lord and his fun friends. So the... When this is up, the review will be up uh, for the game, and you will be able to buy it tomorrow on Tuesday, the 26th. It's not out yet. Uh, but Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy made by, uh, how do you pronounce it? Is it Eidos? Eidos? I don't know. Never, I, I've I never said it. I thought it was Eidos. Is it Eidos? Oh, I thought it was Eidos, but hey. I can't know. remember. Uh, I'm going to go with Eidos. Eidos Montreal made it. Those are the people behind the recent Deus Ex games, um, and they did Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Also, uh, and they did a really, 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 really good job with Guardians of the Galaxy. If you were someone that was disappointed in Marvel's Avengers, which I don't blame you because it's disappointing, 
Um, a lot of people were like, oh, God, is it another one of these? Because it kind of had a similar-ish look to it. It is nothing like Marvel Avengers at all. Not at all. Hmm. Okay, in a good way. In a very good way. There's no, it's no games of service thing. Um, it's it's a full narrative where you're going through mission to mission. You're not going in these big open areas that are obviously going to be used for daily content later kind of stuff that are just really boring to look at. Um, it's all guided. It's all intentional. Um, and if you liked the movies in particular, you will you will not just like this game. You will love this game because it's it does what the movie does, but better in like every way. It's I think it's funnier than the movies. It's got a lot more heart. You get to learn a lot about the characters, and they're very real and human. Like you take someone like I think we all kind of know a little bit about the Guardians by now. Like Drax is very flat like he doesn't understand metaphor which is used for a lot of laughs but he's also like in his history they don't talk about as much in the movies but like from the comics which this kind of draws a little bit more from in terms of background like Drax literally destroyed worlds because he was so (laughs) mad that Thanos killed his wife and daughter and he wanted vengeance like he literally is a mass genocidal murderer and like you forget that like he's so he's very unrelatable in that way but they bring it all back to you know that loss and trauma and dealing with the loss of his wife and daughter. They explore that, and they do that with all the characters where you're you're learning more about their past and what they struggle with, um, and why they is are it, the way is they it are. Is it a spoiler? Is it a spoiler to ask whether Star Lord's father is the the planetary king or whether it is ego? Uh, no. So they go with. Um, I'm not an expert in the comics in any way, um, but they—he's what uh, is it a Spartoy, half Spartoy. Okay, so he's yeah. the print, the prince. Yeah. That's they go with that one. So they go with the comics. The comics, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so in in terms of gameplay, so what I remember yeah. seeing when they showed off like that lengthy trailer, like gameplay moment, right? I think at E3. So it looks like you only play a Star Lord, and then you press the D-pad to like call in the other four Guardians to do special moves. Is that Correct. is that kind of what yep. you're so expecting? They'll they're all they're running around with you fighting stuff, but yeah, you're only ever going to control Star Lord um, with his guns, and you're going to be telling them what to do. Um, and so there's things like uh, there's obvious setups. Uh, where you like they get grouped together and there's different AOE damages that your different characters could do, um, and there's uh, things like what are they calling? They call it staggering. I might be stealing that from another game, um, where you know you you build up that bar on someone enough and it kind of takes them out for a little bit. Um, you can do more damage to them, so it's setting up that kind of stuff for like big monsters and and crowd controlling stuff and like Groot obviously is tree man so he gets to root people and etc stuff like that so there's a lot of synergy in between them and as the game progresses and you unlock more abilities it's kind of it you get into a flow of stuff that's really fun of having them all work together uh but once you kind of get most things that you want unlocked which you probably do two-thirds, three-fourths of the way through um, combat. That's that's the one big negative I have about the game is that you're like, oh, okay, it gets a little... Um, a little samey? Yeah, towards the end there, it's all like, oh, okay, I'm doing this skin. Let's go through it. Let's get it done. Um, not that, I, I mean, it's not like garbage or anything. It's just like, okay, I've done this before. Right. Um, but it really only starts happening at the end. Uh, so are there like RPG like do you level up or anything like that or like gear you get you get like so each time you go into a fight it's definitely an encounter that was made you're not like randomly running into people and getting experience or something like that Um, and but you do get ability points which you get to unlock their ability so there's no leveling Mm -hmm. Uh, but throughout a level there's also this like scrap stuff that you collect and you craft upgrades for Star-Lord there's not that many. I think there's 15 total. And they do things like um, give him a charge-up shot for his guns or like uh, improve his dash in some way. Stuff like that. Nothing like super game-changing. So um, 
in terms of progression, that's it. It's not an RPG-like game. The the closest game, honestly, we've already talked about it, that I can think of is Uncharted for how it is in a way. Not necessarily the combat, how it works, but you're making your way through these like visually interesting levels and fun ways because like, as much as you have combat abilities for the different Guardians, they each help you obviously make it through somewhere. Like, for example, one of the group can make a bridge out of roots so you can cross over to somewhere stuff like that so they all have things that will help you get through a level in some way so it's a lot of figuring out those small little puzzles to make your way through fighting through the enemies kind of thing so it felt very uncharted in that way like just this action adventure kind of thing uh, with these so it's so it's very linear yes not to say that's a bad thing. No, it's, it's linear. Fine. You're not exploring. The one place it did, it did open up in one spot, and I was like, oh, did I like hit a hub or something? No, it was just a very open level. Um, but no, there's you're spending a lot of time either on the Milano, the ship. No, well, not that much time. You don't spend too much time on there. But in between like missions, you're um, mm. going back to the Milano. And it's, what's cool about that is it's almost like a decompression period for everybody. And that they kind of sit and just talk about what just happened or what they need to do next. And you get right. everybody's take. Um, and I, I, I'm trying to, as we're talking, I'm still trying to write the review. But one of the things I'm trying to get up, get across is like, there's humor everywhere and jokes everywhere. But the game is really good at like bringing in these very real, like solemn moments, but feeling very realistic about it. Like, I know a lot of the complaints that people have about Marvel movies is that they, like, ruin the serious moments with jokes. And I think that's mm. true, and sometimes that definitely happens. But this the jokiness of the Guardians, it's like, that's how they cope with stuff. Like, they like right. if they, they're facing, you know, insane odds, the joke is like, well, we're probably going to die. Like, <laughs> and they're just like, eh, <laughs> whatever. Like, yeah. we'll see what happens, but it's, it's just the way that they deal with stuff. Um, and I don't think it ever undercut uh, one of the the cool moments that character moments that happen throughout the game. Mm. All right, I gotta say it is it is very surprising to me how much you are digging the game. It seems like yeah, this is a really good game from oh, what I'm hearing. Yeah. Right? yeah, and I don't know. There, there's stuff about it that does vaguely remind me of one of my favorite games of this year, Tales of Arise. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this is very like character moment, like like moment to moment. It's about building up the characters and their bonds. Absolutely. So like and. Sorry, I'll let you keep going. I could keep talking about Guardians forever. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just that's one of the favorite things that I loved about Tales of yeah. Rise, that those characters, like, you you get to see this found family. Exactly. You know, become a family, that's right? Exactly and it sounds what like it this is. is what, okay. So, like, this at this point, the game started, I guess I should have set it up. I didn't set it up at all. It's about, <laughs> uh, it's there, it's about a year into the Guardians forming. So, they're, they know each other some, but they're still, like, don't trust each other. They're like, yeah, you're, he still calls, rec, rec, you know, dog he calls uh drax calls rocket dog and stuff won't ever call him his name because he's just an animal but <laughs> right uh, so they're, they're they don't trust each other really not necessarily like each other at all either so they're still feeling each other out um the game i, I can't i don't really want to talk about the plot uh because it's uh you find it out as the guardians do and that mm. it's very much that they don't plan anything except what's the next thing we're going to do. Like, literally, what's our very next step? After that, what are you talking about? We don't have time for that. What's the next step? They don't ever think ahead. Um, and they keep stumbling into, like, increasingly worse situations for themselves. Okay. And so you're kind of just drug along for the ride, too. Uh, and it makes sense how they get to where they do. Um but yeah, you're definitely there for the character moments, and it's all about them doing what they're doing, um, and interacting with one each one another. Do those do those plot moments ever feel like Deus Ex Machina? Like, pff, come on, like there's no way that they just stumble into an illegal arms deal where they're gonna like get their next MacGuffin. Like, does it ever feel contrived that they keep failing forward so much? Or um, I won't say that they fail forward. It's more like. <laughs> it's more like they uh the very first thing yes the i can't this is one thing they asked me not to talk about the very first thing that kind of is the main thing that gets things rolling 
Um, mm-hmm. That is very much them. They just <laughs> they screw. The, so at the very beginning of the game, yeah. If you if you can't no talk no about they it, they you know, everything that it. they do is very stupid. The guardian like they're in some ways like they're they're there to do to uh, find some monster to sell essentially or something to sell to somebody. And on the way there, they find all these bugs. So Rocket and Starlord are like, oh, we're going to make a game out of it. Who can kill the most? So you get a scoreboard. And that they become overzealous in their killing of said bugs because they want to win. And that leads to a problem. And when they get this problem, they get think of a solution, but the solution only leads to more problems. So it's them driving mm-hmm. themselves towards their next set of problems. It's never... Somebody swoops in and is like, "Oh, this came out of nowhere." No, they're they're constantly mm-hmm. okay. making progress towards creating more problems for themselves. <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Sounds pretty on brand. Oh, it's oh, it, yeah. It, that's the thing. They nail the characters and like the the vibe of Guardians of the Galaxy like perfect. It is exactly mm-hmm. its own thing. I'm um, like one of the things that I was. I always kind of felt sometimes, like particularly later in the game, that I kind of knew where it was probably going to go. But how it did it, no. Like, every time there's some Guardian's, like, weird-ass way something happens. To get mm. to the same spot I knew we were getting to, but it's just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> but it works. It's so on-brand with Guardians. They 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 deal it so good, so well. Mm, gotcha. Honestly, it's, it's very refreshing to know, and very surprising, but in a good way to know, that you're actually really, really liking this game and really digging it's it. It's very and that's, good. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I, uh, people were excited about Spider Man, like for that. That was like the first big budget Marvel game in like a billion years. It feels like that was actually like really good. I think this is better than Spider Man. Whoa, yeah. that's big words. Yep, that's huge. That's had, that had, you saying that has immediately launched that from a maybe to a day one purchase for I, me. It, it part of it is too, if you enjoy the vibe of the Guardians. So if it sucks, it's all your fault. <laughs> if you enjoy Guardians, <laughs> you will love this game. If your Guardians wasn't really, awesome. didn't really, really vibing with you or really hitting with you, you're probably still going to enjoy parts, but you're just, it's not going to hit as hard with you. Because it, it's very much like that vibe of Guardians is the game. Like <laughs> you're in it. Right. And they do it so well. Well, I mean, I, I would say it's similar to that with Spider-Man. Like, I mean, I think Spider-Man has really fun locomotion, but at the end of the day, if you don't like Spidey and Mary sure. Jane and like, yeah. right, you, you probably won't jive with Spider-Man yeah. as much. Yeah. So it, it's good to see that Guardians of the Galaxy, the game is doing that for the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. comic IP, right? Oh, one I thing I do want to say is that they definitely keep with the MCU, the Cinematic Universe stuff like those. So in, in doing this, I hadn't read the comics, so I've read some guardians comics now and other stuff with them and obviously different runs are going to have different the characters are different depending on who's writing them uh but they definitely are going with the characters you know from the movies like that is who in terms of kind of how they act and and talk and stuff that's who they're drawing from even visually that's what they look Mm -hmm. like obviously they don't they're not one-to-one like peter quill is not chris pratt soon to be mario that's not who it is but Woo-hoo. they're their own looking characters, but they're definitely going for that same same vibe the movie's created. Right. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Well, that's, that comes out tomorrow, Guardians of the Galaxy, if you want to pick that up, if you are interested. You can also read our review that it will Andrew be up. will have written. If it, you want to read more on about the site. it. Link in the description, obviously. Um, hey, Rut, what have you been playing for the past week? Uh, so two games, uh, first of which is the Cycle Closed Beta. Um this is one that has completely changed as a game. So a uh, friend and I, we played it for a good chunk of last year where it's essentially a, a competition where you would drop onto a world and you have to complete certain tasks to earn points. And then uh, there's a timer. So everybody's got to escape around the, wrong, the, the same time. And then you get essentially rewards based on how you placed on the leaderboard. Um, it's now turned into Space Tarkov um, where there's a lot of the exact same maps there's a lot of uh, similar minerals and, and things that you were collecting in the original version um but it's it's now tarkov in essentially a map that lasts six hours um so what? you may be jumping in and out of the same map over and over again other teams will be jumping in and out as well um you'll start on one side of the map and typically on the opposite side is where your extract is um and it is it is it's interesting i I haven't really landed on if i like it or not yet 
Um, the gunplay is great. The uh, kind of faction bonuses and things like that make a lot of sense. Um, but sometimes it's it's a little frustrating. Um, and it, I was not good at Tarkov either, to be honest. I'm not good at being quiet. Um, did you try getting good? I, I did. Mm, I spent, classic. I spent two hmm. hours yesterday doing essentially uh, rat runs where I just jumped in with a backpack and a knife and tried to get as much shit as I could and get out um because i kept losing all my guns so i was like goblin yeah exactly um and i'm gonna be honest it worked great so um i'm gonna keep being that piece of shit that does that for a while until i can get some of the higher end guns um and and feel more comfortable but uh yeah yeah. so if you're playing the cycle and you see a little goblin man (laughs) run around with just the knife you know it's right it's me so feel free to kill on sight and i absolutely stole that getting ready to play so rutch just getting ready to play golem later this year oh hell yeah Yeah. or next year i think it's i don't think it's coming coming out this year although the steam description literally just says lurking until the time is right for the release date so both (laughs) ominous and amusing um, and it's relevant to your situation. Yes. 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 Um, and then the other one I've been playing is Against the Storm. It's a uh, roguelite city builder um, in which it's hard to explain, but you essentially reset your progress every time, but you can continually build up your base to um, be able to progress better and better every time. But essentially, you'll go through waves. Um, so you'll do you've got a set time limit for that first one. And so you've got to build up cities to get rewards, to continue to kind of build up your base. Um, but it's all the traditional city builder functionality, but every single game is different and then you may not get the same buildings. So you kind of have to, you can't just keep choosing a building every single time because you may have tasks that you have to complete that requires certain buildings or certain resources or things like that. So there's a lot more planning to it than just like, yeah, I'm just going to keep slapping houses and mines down until I win. Um, you've actually got to like have a little bit of, of planning with each, each decision and you can lose like you, you've got to either essentially complete a progress bar by completing quests or ensuring that your villagers are super happy or the queen's favor uh, or queen's discontent or whatever it's called just continues growing until you fail. So um, you've got to kind of balance like making sure your villagers are happy, but also like progressing through um, tasks and collecting resources and all that kind of stuff. So it's there's a lot of really interesting mechanics. If you like city builders, honestly, it's worth picking up. It's there is that element of like being a little stressed out, but it, it is just as chill as pretty much any other city builder. So it sounds like city skylines, but there's an immediate, like a looming sense of fail state. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. I would say each, each map or each city, 45 minutes to an hour, typically, um, you can extend it further if, if you do certain things, but really there's, there's no purpose to doing it. You want to try and complete everything as quickly as possible because there's a timer before you kind of reset and have to, you can essentially have a certain number of days in each uh, storm cycle. Um, mm. So you've got to kind of get through cities quickly to get resources faster. How uh, uh, comparable is this to that other game you played? Well, it was a few months ago. That like Oh, the Timberborn? No, the city builder, roguelike D thing. Uh, like the horde mode one? No, there was one. It was, uh, oh, it was a sci-fi one, I thought. You reviewed oh, it. You you so liked it many. so much that you reviewed it. Oh, the was that break? the um, T minus thirty? Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, it's kind of a similar concept in that you've got to. So T minus thirty is is basically the world is an, uh, you're in the apocalypse and you've got to get as many people off Earth as quickly as possible. You have literally thirty minutes. Every game is thirty minutes. It, it that's it. So you're basically building up resources as fast as you can and building as many ships as possible. Um, And you want to get as many people off as quickly as you can. I'd say like from an urgency standpoint, it's very similar. Um, Very, very different mechanics in that, you you know, you don't have the same tools at your disposal every time. But like that urgency is you've got to keep building. You've got to keep moving forward. You can't like you can't forget about your woodcutters 
uh, and telling them which trees to cut down or you'll run out of wood. And then um, when the storm comes, you'll run out of essentially the enough fuel for the hearth. And if that runs out, your villagers just start spiraling downwards and then you lose everybody and you lose the map. So you've got to like mm. manage your, your wood resources on top of your food and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's just systems on top of systems more so than I, I think a typical city builder. And it's just a really unique game. Um, I highly recommend both it and T minus 30. If you like builders, T minus 30 is like 10 bucks. It's worth it. So hell yeah. And, and that was against the storm, right? Against the storm. Yeah. yeah it is on Epic storm. games only right now. Uh, it'll release on steam next year. So mm, Epic exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Classic. And it is early access so that there's still stuff that's going to change. But I think the core game is just phenomenal. Mm. Well, that's good to know for sure. Uh, Stretch, what have you been playing? I've been, well, I've been, I played this game about two weeks ago now. Embargo has finally dropped. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to talk about it on last podcast. Uh, but Coco Cucumber's Echo Generation, which is like a very... Stranger Things meets gorgeous pixel art meets simultaneously mashing together every single like 80s sci-fi and horror trope in one game um, and it doesn't come out as a muddled mess. Mm. Um, there's a, I know that there's a demo out. The game is on Game Pass. So, you know, if you've got it, please give it a try. Um, I give it a 9 out of 10 in my review. Um but you you play as a, a boy that you get to name and his younger sister. And then you can have like a third member of your party that's one of your like pets. Starts with a cat, but then you get like a robot and a jackalope um, and some other fun stuff. Yeah, um, jackalopes are my favorite pet. My favorite <laughs> Oh, Definitely. They're just, they're just so difficult to find at Petco to, to buy new ones. Mm -hmm. And jackalope food? Um, oh my God, it takes up so much money expensive um but it's a it's a really cool um turn-based rpg it's like heavily doubled down into like the paper mario-esque um interactive combat that every single uh attack every single special attack um has a new way for you to get a critical hit um that it might just be like you know your character walks up to the enemy and then a punch symbol appears you hit the button again and it does the critical hit. But then later on you have ones that you need to like move a target into a cursor or there's like scrolling button prompts and you need to like DDR style um, press them at the right time to get that critical hit. Um, and it goes the same for blocking attacks as well that you might need to do like a little mini game or like a correct button press or use the, the left stick to shift your entire party across the screen to avoid incoming missiles you know that kind of finish it, it sounds a lot like undertale in a way like there, there's mini games attached to your actions yeah kind of kind of yeah um but it it means that you can like go into combat um there's very like there's two three places in the game that you actually have random encounters and everything else is just mini boss and boss encounters um, so very like you can grind, but it's really detrimental to be grinding. Um, it's just going to take so much time. Um, when a normal enemy gets you a dollar in, in end game currency, but beating the next boss will give you 50. Mm. Like you just don't want to, to be wasting that time. Um, but it's super interactive. It's like one of the first RPGs I've played that, when I lose, it hasn't been, um, I wasn't strong enough. I need to get more experience. It's like, I messed up. I didn't hit these button prompts right. I didn't avoid these attacks correctly. Um, even if you get absolutely destroyed facing a boss for the first time, you can give it three or four times and you can, you know, come out practically unscathed. Nice. So you said you gave it a nine, right? So mm -hmm. what is it about the game where you're like, this sold me, like this is the thing? So it was that that combat, the art style is absolutely gorgeous. It's 
the better best way I can describe it is like high fidelity voxels that it's like you know if you if you think of like a Minecraft character is like three blocks stacked on top of each other practically this would be like if you had um 64 blocks stacked on top of each other mm. that all of the motion is super fluid but the characters are very much like brick people um and it just it just looks really good it runs really good um and a top on top of that is just like how the the story of the game you know the the kids father has like disappeared um and they want to find out more and then a spaceship crashes in a cornfield that's right next to town um but on the way to the cornfield you like fight giant rats and a robot clown and then um there's a there's a squid thing on the a squid game uh, on the spaceship <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a squid game okay Ooh. um but just like how much they double down into like sci-fi and horror tropes of large insectoid aliens uh giant mechanical beasts going haywire a wendigo creature um it just like tries to mash up as much as possible of like what you would expect a 80s sci-fi horror film has big stranger things vibes nice um i was playing it and i was playing it for like two hours and my wife looked over me and she's like, so, like, what is this game? It's like, oh, well, it's, like, kind of like Stranger Things. And she just went, oh, oh, I, I thought it was Stranger Things. Like, I thought that that was one of the kids. Oh, okay. Um, All right. But it's fantastic. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's, like, 11, 12 hours. My biggest criticism of it is that there's a really poorly labeled point of no return. Um, that, like, I, you know, I had a blast... I loved it so much and there was like four or five things that I was missing um, beat the game and then tried to load up my save file and it just like went back to playing the credits oh. and I was very disappointed I've not been that disappointed since the uh, the going to the moon segment in Beyond Good and Evil <laughs> as another like big point of no return uh, so that save file is now dead to me and I have six achievements that I have not got in that game Oof. and does that uh, hurt does that hurt on a spiritual really, level? Really? <laughs> I'm surprised you yeah. didn't. But it was also yeah. stretch as an achievement collector like me. Give it a lower score well, because a, of a it. thing. <laughs> a thing that some games do. And I mean, this is going to be like behind the veil a bit. Sometimes when you're playing games on Xbox before they come out, um, you'll like unlock the achievements. But if you try to bring up the dash and go to the achievements because they're not publicly available, it will say oh, there are no achievements, you know, please launch a game with achievements to be able to see these achievements. Yeah. Mm. Same thing um, on PlayStation so with, I, with the Guardians. There's something I was looking up. I was trying to figure out how many chapters they were in the game to be like, all right, how much longer do I have? Can't see them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I played through the entirety of the game. Absolutely loved it. The game came out uh, on launch day and I loaded it up, pulled up the achievement list and I was only missing nine achieve, uh, six achievements. Out of the whole game, just managed to accidentally my way to 96% completion. And now if I want to get those final 6%, that's another, you know, 14, 15 hours of, uh, of gameplay to complete everything. I mean, you're truly heartbreaking. You're probably Don't lie, gonna you're going to do, do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're, pro- uh, you can you're probably already starting to do it. Me that Are you? <laughs> He's playing yeah. right now. Yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it wasn't an immediate nah, probably not. It was like, eh, I might, yeah. I mean, it was a really fun game, um, you know, going through it and knowing the strategies, it would definitely be faster. Um, but it's, it's like a really fun, cool, kitschy game. Like, it's entertaining to get into. I love, I just, any RPG that has interactive combat, I love. It's not just like me smashing the A button to try to get through the combat faster. That's one of the reasons mm-hmm. those Mario and Luigi RPGs are always so fun yeah exactly yeah oh, that was echo generation right you can check out a review yeah. that'll be in the link below or you can check it out on game pass if you're very curious about yeah, it yeah just have it. go play it yeah it's it's <laughs> you've heard enough now you don't need to read the review just go play yeah it's and kind, then read it's the review almost free it's kind of free yeah. some would say it's definitely just know free. that yeah. when you get more achievements no additional you're cost. better than stretch 
that's true. That's true. Yeah. Send me an, send me an at when you've uh, when you've beaten me. <laughs> when you have ninety seven percent achievement completion, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> um. So I've been dipping back into Guilty Gear Strive because I think on uh, October eighteen or so, like two Fridays ago, they released this new big patch, right? That like changed the game, the smell of the game, if you will. Um. If, if you haven't heard of Guilty Gear Strive, it's just, it's probably one of, it's, I would say it's probably the fighting game of the year right now. Like, I can't think of any other one that's, you know, reached that level of popularity that Strive has. Cat Dog would beg to differ. Yeah, that's right. I forgot Nick Smash is very good. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this patch, what I think I'm really liking about it so far is, so for a while, there was like, the, there's been like a handful of pretty op characters you know like the community just is they've landed on okay soul bad guy is like way too strong and like a few other folks right so this patch the idea was instead okay what if we made everyone else op <laughs> instead of bringing yeah. soul down yeah so it makes everyone a little more fun to play which i think is i i really appreciate that approach to game design as opposed to like you know, this, the people who main soul bad guy now, they like yeah. can't do as much or something like that. Um, but high level, basically what this patch does is if you come in with an air attack, you have a higher chance of converting that to a combo, which, you know, that just means you got to get better at controlling the air. And everyone who is slower gets a little bit faster. It, kind of for the most part right because that was the big thing is that the characters who were really strong it's because they always had fast attacks so like no matter what situation you were in it's like they'll always hit you before you can hit them right which kind of made for a not so fun experience depending on who you play but now i think it's it's i think we're still a little early but it's nice to see that the the devs are like really looking at supporting this game long term and trying to make everyone as fun as possible to play Right, as opposed to like winnowing it down to like the top three people or characters. Um, I will say, so I haven't played, I haven't played Strive seriously since like the summer, right? Because you know, I did, when it first came out, I was really into it. Then I stopped, and I was like, okay, let's check out this patch. And y'all, I'm bad at the game now. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I'm so because <laughs> I mean, now it's like anyone else who's playing Guilty Gear is like has been playing since yeah. the summer, probably. Well, right? Isn't so much of those muscle memory. And if you don't have it, it's like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So I had to hop into training mode a bit to, yeah. like, remind myself all that stuff. Uh, but even then, my main, he has a few new combo routes that I need to figure out. Um, so that was a little bit of a struggle. But it's to the point where... So when you play online, when you're playing ranked, right? Like, they give you, like, level 1 through 10, essentially, right? So if you're a level 5, you can't go to, like one through four like you can't go into those rooms but you can go in any room from level five and up so if you're like you know if you're level five and you're thinking okay i think i can probably beat some level eight people though you can go to the level eight room if you want and like challenge up and just all right what's you'll... your room what is it so <laughs> so i'm at i'm at seven right now oh, right hey. and seven out of ten well there's technically 11 but you know seven out of 11 ain't no. bad but but here's here's how I know everyone else is better than me because I go into the level seven room in U.S. West, right, and there are only four people there, <laughs> and and so I'm like, okay, maybe maybe if I leave and come, maybe they'll put me in a different level seven room, and I did it four times. But it was the same four people. <laughs> so then I went into the level eight room, and there were like ten people there, oh, no. and I'm like, okay, hold on. <laughs> And then I hopped into the level 10 room and that was like full. I'm like, oh my God. So everyone's at level 10 right now. And I'm just this little bitch still at seven. And, you know, I didn't think that would be the big problem like long term, but I guess it makes sense that eventually the people who would still be playing are like at that top level of play, right? So that's what I'm running into now. It's like, if I want to grind up to be level 10, I need to basically be fighting level 10 people. And I am not that good <laughs> at the game nice you yeah. put in the work the practice you'll get there i believe in you yeah evo champ 2022 i'm going for it Ooh. we look forward to you talking about guilty gear strive on the next eight podcasts yeah. as we <laughs> track your track That's your right. pro podcast uh your yeah. progress yeah, we need, in a, in we need a, a special segment on a podcast of what room yeah. you're in <laughs> 
Have you made it to 10 yet? I, guys, I got no, bad news. I, I'm in five. <laughs> <laughs> Rough week. Ah, the, ah, the true fighting game experience. <laughs> Yeah, there were only four of us in level four, and they kept beating the shit out of me. So I got down to five. I only can play with one person yeah, now. Me and this other guy. It's a stalemate. Yeah. <laughs> just really trying to get up to six. But no, I mean, at I'm, that point, you've just got to you've just got to get to know them really well and start boosting, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, overall, I, I think Guilty Gear is still a very fun... Like, it is just a fun fighting game to play. No matter your skill level, there's something about that mix of, you know, like, it's so flashy. Like, it's so anime cool to look at, right? And the feeling of well, it is You just is said two just... contradictory things, but I get what you're saying. Okay, sure. <laughs> but yeah, just the, the inputs feel really... Like, once you once you learn that language, it's like, okay, this is really slick. And like, it it really tickles the brain in a way that I think is more interesting than like light punch, heavy punch, light kick, heavy kick sort of stuff, you know? So I would still say if you haven't touched Guilty Gear this year and you like fighting games even passingly, I would recommend checking it out. But just don't don't be discouraged if everyone online is, is going to kick your ass because they <laughs> probably will. So I think that does it for this week's episode of the Tech Raptor podcast. Um, again, hey, Check out our uh, Guardians of the Galaxy review if you haven't yet, because seems like that's that's going to be a pretty cool game to check yeah. out. People were sleeping on it; they shouldn't uh, have. Mm. Uh, if you liked our show today, feel free to you know share us on the Twitters and all that. If you're watching us on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. Please uh, follow if you. Please follow. Please, we need follows. Buy some Raptor coins. Um, smash that up, dude. <laughs> you go to RaptorCo.in to uh just you know i don't know where it's going to redirect you this no. week but it'll redirect to something i haven't decided yet and- <laughs> oh it can redirect to the marvel guardians of the galaxy review hey, there is you what go. It can i'll redirect just redirect to. it to sheep coin <laughs> no that's even worse <laughs> don't promote our competitors <laughs> yeah um but yeah we will be back next week to talk more about gaming news gaming reviews and all that we'll actually be talking about another pretty big release next week so stay tuned for that i I won't say what it is quite yet because i'm also not sure if we can but it'll be good you won't want to miss it for sure yeah it's that game Mm -hmm. uh this has been the tech raptor podcast and we will be back next week see ya